Hey everybody, Dan here. Uh, just a little update for you. If you've been following along with our social media, Instagram, uh, you know that this episode has had something of a troubled uh, history over the last few days. Um, we had to re-record uh, after about an hour the first time, and then we recorded about a four-hour episode uh, the next night, um, which you're about to hear the first half of, um, unfortunately we did have some further technical difficulties and, um, we're going to have to re-record a little bit of extra footage, um, actually a, a lot of extra footage. So, um, what you're going to hear is basically, uh, about an hour and 45 minutes of, uh, the four hour show that we recorded. The rest of it's going to be re-recorded this week, and it will be on your feeds next week in place of the Slackers episode, which is going to get pushed back one more week. So this is a two-part episode. Um, you're going to hear, I believe, our mm, just <laughs> just ten through seven on our list. The rest of the list is coming in next week's episode along with our awards, along with some listener and guest uh, top fives, top tens, all that fun stuff. Um, if you listen to this and you want to add a list that didn't send it in before, uh, you're welcome to do that. Uh, just message us on Instagram or Twitter DM, and um, hopefully we can get that in there. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoy uh, and, uh, it's been a fun, it was a, even though we had to record this like basically three times now, um, it was a really fun episode to do cause we got to talk about a lot of stuff that we actually really liked as opposed to sort of the normal episodes of our show that we've been doing where it's been a lot of, you know, like not so great movies. Um, but it was really, uh, enjoyable for us to, to, you know, just kind of let loose and talk about some stuff that we, uh, really liked. Um, more of that's going to be coming soon on this show because we're going to get into some better 2002 movies. Um, but yeah, hopefully you enjoy. Thanks. That was a lot better tonight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's amazing uh, what not having like 20 seconds of lag will do. <laughs> Alright, so shall we get started? Yeah, let's do it. It's All right. time. Excited to finally record this episode. Yeah. Uh, yes, hello, welcome to 2002 A Film Odyssey. This is a, a very special bonus episode uh, where we will not be talking about a film from 2002, but we will be talking about the films of... 2021 right uh that's right i i am one of your hosts i'm andrew i'm dan and uh welcome to the 2002ies yeah the 2002ies that's our uh award show where we <laughs> present uh awards to you know various categories uh so what are we going to be doing on this episode we're going to be talking about our top tens for the year we're gonna be 
talking about uh, some honorable mentions, some good movies that didn't quite make our top tens. Um, we're going to be giving out awards for uh, categories like Best Picture, Best uh, Director, Screenplay, Actor, Actress. Uh, and then we're going to read some top tens from uh, some of our uh, some of our friends, right? And some of our listeners. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've got a few guest uh, top tens uh, lists. We've got... Um our own lists we've got categories of awards you name it we've got it yeah yeah we're talking 2021 in review 2021 a film yeah. odyssey mm-hmm. how uh, how did you feel about this year overall um yeah you know it it, it was okay um it's certainly not one of those banner years but it was definitely nice um, at least comparatively to 2020, which had, you know, so many delays and stuff to have a few movies that I felt like really strongly about and really loved, uh, again, which, so that was like a good feeling because, you know, last year my list was pretty whatever, you know, it was just kind of like the best stuff I saw, but I didn't really feel all that strongly about anything. Um, but yeah, this year it was great to, you know, really actually, you know, say, hey, I loved that movie. And, uh, and uh, you know, I think I, I came up with a pretty good top 10 list of stuff that I really enjoyed throughout the year. So Yeah, I think I did too. Um, yeah, I can't say I really loved anything from last year, 2020. There were, there were some good movies, but nothing that I thought was like an A-plus classic or anything like that. Unlike this year, I think. I think I got, there's some pretty great movies that came out. Yeah, absolutely. Should we, uh, should we get right into it? Should we start with our uh, honorable mentions, or is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, what a year it was. What a year it was. Uh, no, I, no, nothing else. Uh, I was going to make the same joke that I made last night about doing like a Billy Crystal style song <laughs> parody. Uh, <laughs> what a night it was <laughs> yeah, what a so. night it was uh that's right we should probably say since you said that that we we tried recording this last night but there were some technical issues yeah uh we were having some technical difficulties so we we, we put the pin in pin back in it and uh we decided to attack it again tonight yeah. um uh because we're recording this from our respective homes. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're doing this uh, out of an abundance of caution mm-hmm. uh, with Omicron uh, surging uh, locally yeah. and everywhere else, basically. Uh, so we're just uh, we're playing it cool. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah we're we're doing this remotely so we're 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 recording on our respective ends and uh yeah. as we know a lot of folks that have uh, gotten that that virus so we should probably play it safe right yeah yeah so yeah we 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 personally know some people that have uh tested positive so yeah we mm-hmm. uh we just wanted to uh make sure that you know we were staying safe and uh yeah protecting each other mm-hmm. 
so this thing doesn't spread and mutate. Yeah. <laughs> mutate. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we're going to start like growing. I'm going to grow hooves or something. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I don't have, uh, you don't have, Oh, you don't, I don't have, have the... hooves or COVID. Yeah, I yeah. just I just wanted to clarify that. Right. I mean, not that I don't know. I'll, I'm sure I'll have it eventually. It feels yeah. inevitable, but yeah. I mean, I haven't yet. Knock on wood. Yeah. 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 Uh, but hey, we got movies to talk about. At least we got movies, and what a year it yeah. was! <laughs> what a year it was! What a year it was! <laughs> if only we had a friend of the pod, uh, Dennis Hunter, here. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, a... maybe next year we can get him to record a, a theme song or yeah. a, like a a big, a big show intro song, like Billy Crystal's <laughs> Oscar songs. But that's all he says is "What a year it was." <laughs> that's yeah. That's about that's as far as I've gotten with yeah. it. So <laughs> maybe by next year I'll I'll have more more on yeah. the page. But yeah. Um... So th- is that what we officially decided our awards are going to be called the 2002ies? No, I oh. can call it whatever. I, that was that was just the one thing that I came up with uh on the fly last night when we tried this. So uh, I mean I think that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um I I do want to ask you um mm-hmm. one one sp- special category that I asked you about last night and, and you weren't sure. Oh, right. Um, yeah. But what, what do you think the most 2002 movie from yeah. 2021 was? I, uh, yeah, I didn't really think about it that much. Um, but I think that is an important category for our show. I think that should probably be our, our number one, that's I think we should do that last. That should be our most important category. Okay. So we'll we'll come back to that at the end of the episode. Okay. That's cool. All right. Well, think about it for a little bit then and uh we'll come back to it. But it it sounds like you've got something in mind. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I I came up with one right away. Um yeah. Cuz I I think I I was kind of thinking about it last night and I thought of um well, the first thing I thought of was boss level because that's a very uh, uh, that's a kind of movie that doesn't get made anymore. But that's more of a I think like a two thousand seven or two thousand eight kind of a movie. Uh, yeah, boss level is definitely a little bit of a throwback, but I think there's a better choice. Uh, but that I mean, hey, it's uh, open to interpretation. Yeah, because boss level is kind of like a smoke and aces. Uh, shoot him up kind of a thing yeah yeah well yeah. joe carnahan at the helm so <laughs> yeah makes sense that it would feel like smoking aces yeah uh, uh carnahan had two movies this year right because didn't he do that other one uh um, i keep wanting to call it boss level but that's the the one that's <laughs> but it's yeah. another one he did two i'm pretty sure uh i don't think i know the other one did he did he do cop shop yeah that's okay i think i'm pretty sure he did that yeah he did because uh i mean i haven't seen the trailer or any kind of clip for cop shop but i mean i saw like a a poster and i was like oh this looks like boss level (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's another Carnahan, Carnahan yeah. movie, also with Frank Grillo. So, yeah, uh, pretty cool. I think it's pretty well reviewed too, right? Or I think so. Some, I mean, I, for, for what, what it is, is well yeah. reviewed. Yeah, yeah. I think Boss Level was better reviewed than I expected too. Yeah, which is mind boggling to me. Yeah, yeah. Considering we watched it. Yeah. Like Rob Gronkowski, the NFL tight end, is (laughs) a supporting character in that movie. So, (laughs) like, what does that tell you? Um, It tells me it's bad. That's what it tells me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That was one of, uh, I think, 34 movies I saw this year or in 2021 not a whole lot of movies i saw last year uh yeah that's not a that's not a great deal um at least not compared to our heydays you know like 2002 yeah Yeah. which i think i i said last night that was a year where i saw like 120 movies yeah same um and that's that's before doing this podcast too so like we're only going to add to that total for 2002. Our 2002 list is going to be pretty nuts by the end of this, whenever that is. Yeah, because we'll have seen everything. Or yeah, everything gonna... theatrically released, yeah, along with along with a few others. So Yeah, we're going to make it our mission to see everything. Um, and we'll, we'll sprinkle in a few direct-to-video movies, right? A few DTV. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, because... Eventually, we're gonna run out of home video edition movies, like to watch, like yeah, because we're gonna be doing. I know we talked about doing AI, um, yeah, and that was like a. When did that come out in two thousand one? Like fall. Um, I was thinking that was like a May or mm, summer. That's right, because movie. movies took forever to come out on DVD back then. It's a lot different back so. then. Yeah. So I mean eventually not not necessarily anytime soon we will we will run out of uh DVD releases to review and at that point we can do do a few more like straight yeah. to video movies and stuff like that along with peppering those in when we feel like it along the way. Yeah. Like um K9PI, right? We're going to do that. Uh are we? Well, I mean, I feel like we should because we've talked about the K9 series on multiple episodes. <laughs> uh yeah, it was which guy was that? There was what what guy what movie were were we talking about where the guy Man. like wrote that? Um at this point it I can't remember. It was one remember. of our episodes. Oh, it uh, was 88 minutes, I think. Right? That's right. Yeah. The 88 minutes guy? Yeah. Um, um so I don't know. I don't know if we have to, but <laughs> eighty-eight minutes is uh, maybe our most inexplicable episode because it's not a movie that was released on DVD or released in theaters in two thousand two. No, we tried to make it tie in somehow, but I don't know if we really did a good job to make it. I don't know. I think we just wanted to talk about eighty-eight minutes, which yeah, that's fine. So, I mean, Al Pacino had movies that came out in two thousand two, so. I think that's a way we could tie it in. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Simone. Yeah. <laughs> Simone. A.K.A. Sim 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's a stupid movie. 
Uh, yeah, I can't remember if I if we talked about this on mic, but I saw that movie alone by myself. <laughs> I think we I did was... talk about it. <laughs> I, uh, think, I think you mentioned. I mean, that I know we definitely show. talked about it, but I don't know if we talked about it on the show. Uh, no, I think we talked about it on that episode. Oh, but, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, saw it alone. Yeah, pretty cool. As a 15, 16 year old, <laughs> just a dude going to see uh, Simone alone. <laughs> Simone alone. Simone alone. All right. Well, uh, you want to get into this? You yeah. Start? Let's let's start. Okay. Um, well, should we start with our honorable mentions, like we did yeah, last night? Exactly. This, so this before... is about as far as we got last night, by the way. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you didn't before. miss too much great stuff. No, uh, I don't really think there was anything important we talked about that we didn't talk about this time. Uh, no, but, you know, I I do just want to say what a year it was. What a year. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I saved the recording from last night. Maybe we could put that up as a, uh, <laughs> I mean, a I have mine too, episode. but. No, yeah. it's just going to be like a slightly worse version of this. <laughs> I mean, we might have talked about other, you know, we might talk about cool stuff. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've got a couple of honorable mentions here on my list. Um, one of my honorable mentions is The Tragedy of Macbeth, which is the uh, Joel Cohen uh, Shakespeare adaptation. Um, I didn't like love it. But it's super indebted to like 50s Euro art house movies like Ingmar Bergman. Like it looks and feels a lot like The Seventh Seal. Um, and it's it's very like dreamy and interesting to look at. Uh, so I appreciated it on that level. And it also has some really good performances. It's super Shakespearean. So, you know, it, it, at times for me just a you know uh, not uh, an avid shakespeare lover uh it was occasionally you know a little hard to follow um because it doesn't really like you know dumb it down or give you the cliff's notes version or anything like anything like that um well i mean you know maybe he makes some some concessions with the story but in terms of like the dialogue it's very shakespearean um now is the i don't know if you know the answer to this because i haven't seen it is the dialogue like word for word uh uh i don't know it feels like it um it feels like a very faithful adaptation but i've actually never read macbeth uh in terms of what shakespeare i've read uh but i don't know it 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 if it's not word for word, it, it at least captures the spirit of it pretty well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I had a good time with it. Uh, another honorable mention on my list is Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley, which is a movie I, I didn't really have any expectations about uh, going in. If anything, I was skeptical of it. Um, and in the end, I ended up appreciating it. It's a little too long, Um but I kind of liked how grimy and cynical it is, um, considering Guillermo del Toro is sometimes like a big softy. Um, it was kind of an interesting uh, 
you know, new territory for him to explore. Um, and, you know, it's a little boring at first, but once it kind of gets into the, you know, film noir uh, aspects of it, I actually liked it a decent amount. Um, the first, the first like half hour or so is a little like Tim Burton carnival-y, you know, like it's a little, it's kind of like, it, it kind of is what I imagined the Tim Burton Dumbo to feel like which is not a movie I ever wanted to see. Um, but once he once he kind of, like, actually starts getting into the meat of the story, um, I don't know, I had fun with it. I do want to see that. Um, it's not, like, a huge priority, but I do want to see that. Yeah, yeah, no, um, it's fun. Um, it, my, one of my biggest gripes with it is that it has that weird kind of, like, We've talked about this before, where it's almost like a Netflix quality yeah, to it, like where it looks kind of, TV, basically. Yeah, it looks a little like digital and with the like soft focus and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which a is a little clean. bit of a bummer to me. Yeah, it's a little yeah. too clean at times. Um, but you know, what are you gonna do? It was a yeah. movie made during the pandemic, so I still feel like a lot of this stuff is maybe you know needs concessions yeah um another i will say though my my favorite movie of the year though was made during the pandemic yeah yeah Yeah. i mean we'll get to it when we get to it but just wanted to say that yeah uh what was your favorite movie of the year was it uh wrath of man yeah it was wrath of man (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) with uh yeah statham and post malone that's right. It's, yeah. Post Malone gets shot. I remember that. Yeah. Um, we should. Oh, maybe we should say that uh, we will try to avoid spoilers on this particular episode. Yeah. Because uh, these are all like pretty recent movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Given given that a lot of these are still in theaters, and if they're not in theaters, they're yeah. pretty recent releases. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do our best to avoid spoiler yeah. territory. I mean, we um, might slip, but we'll we'll try. Yeah, we'll try. Yeah, because uh, normally we're talking about movies that are twenty years old. <laughs> right. Yeah, they are yeah. officially twenty years old now. Yeah. Yeah. We're uh-huh. we're in two thousand twenty-two. So, um, another couple honorable mentions for me: uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which was the first movie of. 2021 that i watched yeah um uh really good movie uh great couple performances from the two leads Mm -hmm. i would argue uh that movie we talked about this a little bit last night when we did this but like that movie um was academy eligible for last year's oscars which is why that movie won some golden globes did daniel kalua win the oscar um yeah daniel kalua won the oscar i'm pretty sure i could maybe we should double check that but i i think he did yeah yeah Yeah. well Uh, um i know that lakeith stanfield was like treated like a supporting actor yeah in my opinion like it was it was a co-lead movie right um and i liked both of them uh i also liked um they were both great in that movie yeah, uh, really especially good. Keith Stanfield, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll get to it because that's a little bit further up on my list. But uh, yeah, he was, uh, I think, 
had more definitely more like interior work to do than uh daniel kalua right daniel kalua was a little more of the the showman performance just because of you know he was playing fred hampton who was a you know a very powerful orator and speaker um but yeah i i thought lakeith stanfield was really good in that movie um so was jesse plemons too as the uh Mm -hmm. Like what an FBI agent or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So th- that was a good movie. Um, and then my last honorable mention that I had was the Lost Daughter, which is Maggie Gyllenhaal's uh, directorial debut. Uh, went to Netflix the other day, so it's on Netflix right now. Uh, if you're listening to this, starring Olivia Coleman, Dakota Johnson, um. Jesse Buckley plays a young Olivia Coleman in flashbacks and uh Dagmara Domenschek, uh yeah. star of 2002 a film Odyssey uh from the Count of Monte Cristo is also yeah. in it and um yeah everyone's really good in that movie it's um uh, it's a really unflinching look at motherhood and parenting that you mm-hmm. don't often see yeah. in movies like it, it it's not glamorizing it at all um which i thought was a really interesting uh perspective so yeah, yeah. i like that movie yeah i gotta check that out um yeah there's a lot that uh i have not seen yet from 2021 i got a lot of blind spots but i think over the next <clears throat> couple episodes i'll try and uh, you know, watch those and mention them on the show and kind of fill in the blanks. Yeah, there's there's still a couple things on my watch list that I wanted to see and, you know, wasn't able to make happen before recording this episode. But I think we we got to a good enough place with in terms of coverage that we felt, you know, comfortable getting this episode out rather than delaying it another couple weeks. Yeah. Was there anything notable that you thought, like, oh, this might have made my top ten, but I just never got around to watching it? Or, uh, yeah, a couple, a couple that I really wanted to see were uh, was uh, Benedetta, the Verhoeven movie. Uh, I wanted to see Titan, the French car fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh. I don't, it's getting a release in like a month. So I, a lot of film critics put it on their 21 lists, even though it hasn't technically been released here. Uh, The Worst Person in the World, which is the, that uh, Joachim Trier uh, Swedish movie. Um, So I want to see that too. That's coming out in like early February here in the States. Uh, so I don't, I don't really know what to count that, whether it would be a 21 movie or a 22 movie, but I know most critics have it on their 21 lists. Yeah. Yeah. I I would like to see that, but I, you know, obviously have not. Um, I did see, uh, uh, Titan is, is it pronounced Titan or Titan? Cause I've heard it pronounced both ways. Uh, I heard it as Titan, Titan, oh, okay. Titan, Titan. Yeah. Now I don't know. <laughs> now, because you just said it like several different ways. 
Titan. Either Titan or Titan. Uh, I'll say Titan. This is going to be the worst, the worst thirty seconds in podcasting history. So I was just saying, Titan, Titan, Titan. Uh, uh, I did see that, so I'll be able to talk about that. Um, but uh, I did not see the other. What was the uh, the first movie you mentioned? Sorry, uh, Benedetta. The Vero Benedetta. Movie. Yeah, I I do want to see that, but I have not seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that one. Um, that's been on demand for rent that and titan uh uh, titan is how i say it okay now i I just had to like not think about it for like 30 seconds um uh those have been on demand for a while now and uh i meant to get around to both of them and just somehow never did like in the last week i've been like really binging on 21 movies trying to fit in um, as many as possible and the other day i saw i saw like two movies in theaters and then mm-hmm. one movie at home afterwards so that was yeah. three movies in one day uh and both those showings were uncrowded like that was why i went to them yeah. and um yeah so i watched three in one day the other day but i didn't i didn't get around to everything on my list but oh well it's yeah okay. same same here was there anything else that you wanted to see? Yeah, I have quite a few blind spots. I got, uh, I still have not watched The Green Knight, much uh, to your chagrin. I mean, that's uh, that's just irritating to me, man. <laughs> I gave that to you like two months ago. <laughs> I I will. I, I will definitely, I, I feel pretty confident that's a movie that would make my top 10, just knowing what I know about it, but I have not watched it yet. And uh, uh, yeah, I think also... you'll like it. I've I've yeah. read I've read some reviews. I mean, it's on my list, so we can talk more about it then. I've read mm. some reviews that kind of like poo-poo it a little bit, um, but I I I don't know. I don't really agree with. I don't know. One person was like, one review that I read was saying that you know it was too focused on like basically like cinematography. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. it's a visual medium. I don't know. It was such a bizarre complaint to me. Uh-huh. It was like, oh, he's just like focused on creating good shots. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's a good looking movie. And he yeah. wants it to look a specific way. I don't know. I like it. We'll talk more about it in a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, so I have not seen that. I have not seen um come on come on i do want to see that i have also not seen the last duel uh that's another another movie that you you gave me yeah um i'm not just buying andrew movies by the way (laughs) i I buy these for myself and then i get um the digital copies and i just give him the digital copies for movies that like that yeah, I, I tried to fit those in this week, but I watched other movies that were, like, much longer than I was expecting. Um, and those took me a little while to get through. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's about it for movies that I think would be top ten contenders that I have not seen. Uh, maybe I'll think of more as we go along, but yeah, definitely those. Um, 
but as far as my honorable mentions go, let me pull them up here. Um, I got uh, Bad Trip, which is a movie that we we talked a little bit about last night, um, which I, I think is one of the best comedies from 2021. Uh, just a really solid, like, hidden camera comedy um, for fans of, like, uh, I think if you like Jackass and things like Nathan For You and uh you know those kinds of things i think you'd have a pretty good time with this movie you you saw this one right i did yeah yeah it's, i had a really good time with it um it was a movie that was delayed like a full year i think uh it was yeah. supposed to come out in like april 2020 and it ended up coming out on netflix what like april 2021 basically y- yeah I don't somewhere know if around it was there. april but yeah, it was around there and yeah. uh yeah, I had a really good time with it. Um just I mean I wouldn't say there were a lot of uh really good pure comedies that came out uh this past year. Um and this but this was definitely the funniest that I saw. Yeah. Yeah, I think it got leaked on Amazon uh in twenty twenty, so I think a lot of people had seen it by the time that it got released on Netflix. I think Amazon like accidentally put it on their platform somehow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know if you heard about up. that, but no. Yeah. yeah. So like a bunch of people saw it in 2020, I think. I did see a bunch of reviews from people, but I just assumed it was some sort of like, like a leak film right? festival. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So yeah, um, that makes sense yeah, think, though. Yeah. Amazon, I think just accidentally put it on. <laughs> <laughs> on amazon prime or something i wish i'd known <laughs> it would have been yeah. a good movie to enjoy uh in 2020 which was a miserable year not that 2021 was like that much better but yeah um so that was a that was a funny one um also i got uh, a couple of kind of low budget genre movies that i i liked um censor which i talked about on our most recent episode british horror film very very stylish psychological thriller um i think if you like uh peter strickland's movies like um barbarian sound studio and um what was that one that came out last year uh or in 2019 um in fabric that was a really good movie um, if you like those kinds of movies, I think you'd like censor quite a bit. Um, and then, uh, no time to die. Also want to buy one of my honorable mentions. That's uh, not you a and low I... budget genre movie. <laughs> oh, that is not massive a... budget. <laughs> <laughs> that is a massive budget. Yeah. Sorry. I had one more okay. low budget movie. Um, uh, oh, below zero is a movie I watched on Netflix like two weeks ago that is kind of, I would describe it as Con Air meets Assault on Precinct 13. It's like a like a Spanish thriller, like an action thriller. Okay. Um, it's about like a, a prison transfer, a prisoner transfer that goes wrong. Um, it's basically Assault on Precinct 13, but in a 
like a transfer van. Um, that was a pretty solid movie. Um, not great, but entertaining. Yeah. Um, and then No Time to Die is okay. my last honorable mention. Um, that movie you and I saw together. That's right. Yeah, we saw that um, in theaters mm-hmm. uh, with a couple of our friends. Saw it with Travis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We saw it with Brian, who fell asleep for the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, he fell asleep like in the first, uh, like before the the Billie Eilish song. Like he yeah. fell asleep in the first ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, what does that tell you about Billie Eilish? <laughs> uh just kidding Um, that song's all right i guess um yeah i i think that movie's okay yeah i i like it a little bit more now than when i've you know when i first saw it i don't love it but um i think it's a a solid enough ending to the daniel craig movies Mm -hmm. yeah it's my third favorite of the daniel craig bond movies yeah uh definitely third um yeah i i i enjoyed it um the last third of it is a little wonky for me um i don't really love rami malik in it i think he's kind of kind of like an snl parody of a bond villain is (laughs) kind of how i thought of him Um, yeah just just kind of like like if you told me I was playing a Bond villain, I would act the way Rami Malek acts, and it's like <laughs> very corny. <laughs> like I, I don't know, you just kind of expect more. Um, I'm also not a huge Rami Malek fan. He kind of he kind of has like one mode, uh, except for <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody, and that movie's truly awful and one of the worst <laughs> Academy Award winning movies of the last like decade. Um, I know it didn't win Best Picture, right? What did What did it win? I know he won Best Actor. Uh, well, that would have been the Green Book year, right? Yeah, he won Best Actor, but Green Book he, won Best Picture. Yeah, yeah, but absurd! Like, what a terrible Oscars year! Just the two yeah. of those. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, the The last third of No Time to Die is a little eh for me, but um. It's got some fun stuff. Uh, yeah, I really liked the like Cuban, uh, yeah, club scene with uh, Ana de Armas. Was mm-hmm. like that felt like a, kind of like a classic Bond type scene. I was just gonna say the action set pieces I thought were all pretty good mm-hmm. in this one, um, but the I think where the emotional arc goes in this movie is a little, like you said, kind of whatever yeah um it's a little forced they're they're clearly wrapping up the daniel craig um storyline i'm hoping that for the next iteration of bond you know whatever that looks like i'm hoping that they go back to to more like episodic um individual stories um and just kind of like just have a little more fun with it um yeah like i like two of the daniel craig movies a a lot and then i think no time to die is like pretty good but overall i don't know it's it's interesting i don't know if i would say that the series like reboot or whatever was a success 
I guess yeah. it was. Like two of the yeah. movies I don't think are very good. Um Um I'd say one of the movies I think is not very good. One I think is I know what you're saying. You're saying Quantum of Solace is not very good, which it's not great, but it, I think it's okay. It's much better than Spectre. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, it is better than Spectre, definitely. Spectre is extremely boring and yeah. bad. Um, I I fell asleep in Spectre. Mm-hmm. I don't really yeah. fall asleep often. Quantum of Solace is much more watchable than, than Spectre. Yeah. Uh, bad theme song though. For quantum, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's probably the worst of of those. <laughs> we we ranked those on. Oh, the we Snow did, Dogs we did rank episode. these. Yeah, yeah that's right. Because Dennis uh, wanted to rank them, and I think we were all, or Dennis and I were in agreement, and you were slightly different. Yeah, but. yeah, because I didn't like the Adele one as much as you guys. Yeah. I mean, I would say liking it is maybe <laughs> pushing it. I don't, I don't like listen to that song. but You don't I think listen to it all the time. I think it's good in context of the movie. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, not, I'm not just throwing that on when I need to come home and relax or whatever. Chill out. Yeah, time to chill out and listen to Adele's Bond theme song. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing the Bond movies go in a, you know, more of a Roger Moore territory. I don't think everybody would agree with that, but I wouldn't mind seeing it go that way. Uh, yeah, I think you could do that in a way that's like updated and modern. Um, mm-hmm. Like you don't have, like Bond doesn't have to be this super sexist, like poon hound like he was yeah. back then. You could do... <laughs> You could do a more modern take on Bond that's uh, a little more respectful. Yeah. But also still just kind of fun. Like, yeah. The fun factor wasn't really there in the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Like, even the really good yeah. ones are much more serious than yeah. any of the Bond movies that basically came before them. Yeah. I mean, I I like that there is you know, five Bond movies that are super dour, but I think we could maybe get back to, back to where we were with, with the, uh, the Roger Moores and the Pierce Brosnans. Send Bond to the moon again. Yeah. Let's do it. Man, I love the Roger Moores. I know. They're, they're a pretty good time. Um, yeah. I haven't watched all of them. I think there's like one left that I haven't seen, but, uh, yeah, uh, you've shown me a couple. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I, I have a really good time with those. Um, yeah, I, I I agree though. Yeah, let's 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 mix it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I hope that they're they're willing to try some other things with the series after having tried this. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know. I don't know. Make make Bond a. Make Bond a woman. Make Bond a black guy. I don't care. The people yeah. that care about that stuff are the <laughs> weirdest freaks. But like, I think you can do anything with the Bond character that you want to, and it'll be yeah. fine um, because it's Bond is emblematic. It's not like, mm-hmm. not meant to be a specific looking guy. Uh, yeah, I think I, I don't know. I know like 
a lot of weird old British guys have a lot of <laughs> national pride about their James Bond, but yeah, honestly, fuck him. Who cares? Yeah, I think let's bring a little bit of the camp back. Maybe have Joe Wright direct it. Uh, Interesting. And Joe Wright cast, cast Jamie Bell. Yeah, Jamie Bell's your Bond guy. I've um, always said Jamie Bell would make a good Bond. I'm not totally sure why, but I think he would. Yeah, I don't. I I mean, I <laughs> I don't have strong enough feelings about Jamie Bell one way or the other to disagree <laughs> with you. So uh, every time you bring this up, I'm always like, yeah, I guess <laughs> why not? <laughs> uh, Joe Wright would be an interesting uh, director. Uh, director, uh, director, <laughs> director. Um, Joe Wright. I don't. Yeah, he's like a. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to I think, make of Joe Wright. I think after Hannah came out, I was like, "Oh, this guy could make a pretty good Bond movie." Mm-hmm. And then he made a bunch of like movies that I didn't really care about. But yeah, Hannah. Hannah is a good movie. Um, yeah, Cyrano looks. Yeah, I don't not, know like a movie i want to see um when yeah. that that comes out like i think in a week or two uh even though that's another movie that's considered a 21 movie by critics hmm. um i don't want to see that though yeah I, I don't think i want to see that either and i um i didn't see his peter pan movie uh, and i don't think no. a, a lot of people did right mm-hmm and yeah. he also did like what Darkest Hour, the old Gary Oldman Churchill movie, right? Oh yeah, he did do that, um, which I thought was okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never need to see it again, but I thought it was all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think initially I thought of Joe Wright as being the, the, uh, Keira Knightley romantic drama guy mm-hmm. with like Atonement and Pride and Prejudice, and then yeah. Well, and then Anna Karenina. Oh, Anna, yeah, Anna Karenina. That actually was okay. That I thought. Was uh, yeah, I never decent. saw that one either. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's uh, let's put Joe Wright, Jamie Bell in a room together and get them to. I mean, Joe Wright's a British guy. Maybe he would he would love to do a Bond movie. I mean, it does kind of feel like the kind of guy they would go after to do a Bond yeah. movie. Especially yeah. with the you know the recent choices of directors that they've had Mm -hmm. yeah i think those guys could capture the the magic of the roger moore days yeah (laughs) (laughs) andrew's gonna create a petition for jamie bell and yeah jamie bell and jamie bell's mom are gonna sign it (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it makes it sound like i'm anti i'm not anti jamie bell i think it's fine yeah I guess I just don't have uh, strong opinions. I also don't know who I would pick to play Bond. Like, I'm glad you didn't ask me because I don't know. Who would um, you pick? I I truly don't know. Uh, I would really have to think about it. I don't know. Um, I mean, like, the cop-out answer is kind of Idris Elba because there was kind mm-hmm. of so much steam and internet fervor for him to play Bond for a number of years. Yeah. Uh, and I still think he'd be great at it. Uh, yeah, he would be. 
even if he is a little older but yeah yeah he is yeah. probably now i think more when that started he was closer in age but yeah. um but he can't be as he can't be as old as roger moore was in a view to a kill <laughs> yeah yeah nobody's that old <laughs> that that was such a fun movie because they made all the henchmen way older in that movie for some yeah. reason too so that roger moore wouldn't look as old <laughs> <laughs> yeah it wouldn't look so silly him beating up you know henchmen if they were as old as he was yeah like strapping 20 year olds or whatever yeah. yeah um yeah i don't know i mean i'm a i'm a big Idris elva fan um i don't love a lot of his movie choices uh here in the states like the fast and the furious uh hobbs and shaw shit that he did and mm-hmm. some of that stuff but uh i do really like he has this uh he has this british cop show called luther that's like yeah. a lot of fun uh and it's it's you know total like cop I've, I've seen a couple episodes it is pretty fun yeah willing to willing to you know to bend the rules a little bit yeah. to get justice, yeah. that kind of shit. Um, His own own brand of justice, yeah, a Lutheran brand of justice. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a really fun show. Um, and I wish they would make more of it. I th- think it's something that he just occasionally revisits when he feels like it. Um, I think he can basically make it whenever he wants yeah. to. I think whatever British television channel wants to pay him we'll do it it's like his colombo yeah exactly yeah, yeah yeah i mean that yeah perfect perfect example yeah because um, that's a show they just made like whenever they could yeah yeah peter falk mm-hmm. peter falk peter falk star of uh master of disguise episode coming later this year yeah we'll be talking about peter falk when that episode comes around yeah poor guy <laughs> um uh i just want to slip in one more uh potential bond uh candidate and that is um daniel kalua mm. i think he he would be a pretty good bond sure he's uh, another yeah he's another uh guy that a lot of people don't know is british too yeah uh, because he so frequently does american accents at least in you know some of his biggest hits here um yeah. yeah yeah sure he'd be good i yeah i do think if he were bond i think the the movies tonally would probably have to be more similar to the daniel craigs i don't think you could do a a goofy i don't think he could do a, a goofy bond but <laughs> you don't you don't want to see goofy kalua <laughs> <laughs> goofy kalua <laughs> i mean i would but yeah i mean Okay, here's another name for you. And this is just strictly mining male actors. Um, uh-huh. Because I think you could do a, a female Bond if you want to, and it'd be fine. Yeah, I mean, There's plenty why not? Of, um, but another choice, I guess, similar, I guess, what made me think of it is because they were on the same British TV show together, and now he is also a big star in his own right, is Dev Patel would be good. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. Uh, he I could think, be a he could be a goofy Bond. He could be a Roger I, Moore type. I think he could nail the the tonal balance because I could definitely yeah. see him being charming 
because he's frequently pretty charming uh, in his movies. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he could handle he could handle what the role would require. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't that'd be a pretty good choice. Mm-hmm. I think these would all be good choices. Yeah, I would. I would. I'd be happy with all of them, including I, Jamie Bell. <laughs> I think the next three movies should be Jamie Bell, Daniel Kaluuya, and Dev Patel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, MGM, hire us. We just. We just fix Bond for you. I mean, not that I really need fixing, but hire us to be like your your Kevin uh, Feige, like the the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe overlord guy for the Bond franchise. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> that would be something. Um... MGM listens to that. They're one of like our like <laughs> sixty <laughs> listeners or whatever. <laughs> Man, we gotta we gotta do what these guys say. We gotta, yeah, <laughs> it's called Jamie Bell. <laughs> uh, Jamie Bell is a movie podcast listener, so maybe maybe he could stumble across this sometime. I know that he was on an episode of uh, Blank Check. I don't know if he listens, but he was on an episode of Blank Check, which I always thought oh, cool. was weird. Not yeah, weird that we could... he was on it. I don't know. I I guess weird that he was on it. He just seemed like too big of a guest. Yeah. Uh, maybe we could get Jamie Bell. Should we? We, we could try. Tw- tweet at him? Uh, is Jamie Bell in any 2002 movies? That's a great question. I don't think so. When did Billy Elliot come out? I believe Billy Elliot was 2000. Mm. Um. But we could look that up. Oh, he's in uh, Nicholas Nickleby, which we'll be talking about a little bit later. Oh. Can't wait to watch Nicholas Nickleby. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That is a December film. Came out in December of 2002. So So we've we've got a long time to kind of build up our our podcast cloud a little bit and then we can then we can hit up jamie bell yeah that'll be like one of our final episodes because that movie came out on december 27th 2002 perfect time to get jamie bell send the (laughs) podcast off in style yeah um jamie bell also in uh bohemian rhapsody Oh wait, no, he was in Rocket Man. <laughs> I get those yeah, two he movies was, mixed up. He was in even though Rocket, Rocket Man's Man. like way better. Um, yeah, I like that a lot better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I didn't like love Rocket Man, but uh, I did no. think it was like pretty solid uh, compared, yeah. especially compared to Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of the word rocket, um. One more honorable mention I got on my list, uh, Red Rocket, the Sean Baker movie. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get um, a chance to see that. Yeah. Um, that movie I I did like. I didn't love it. Um, but it was kind of like a sort of a 70s style kind of character study movie. Very unlikable character um, who... Uh, you know, finds himself uh, in a series of misadventures. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, um, Simon Rex, pretty good at playing a, 
the total asshole. Uh, yeah, something <laughs> tells me that wasn't a huge stretch for Simon Rex. Um, um, I don't really know anything about Simon Rex. I was um, an MTV VJ, right? Um, yeah, Dirt Nasty, right? Uh, yeah, he's the rapper with... Uh, God, what was what was that guy, Mikey... He had that song my dick do you remember that uh oh yeah um not uh, lmfao but the other one um <laughs> mickey avalon mickey avalon i was saying mikey yeah, yeah. mickey avalon yeah, yeah. i know um, he was like pals with him yeah i don't really know the difference between lmfao and mickey avalon <laughs> well lmfao are a, a very weird <laughs> uncle nephew duo <laughs> right right yeah i i guess i do know who they are but musically like uh, the songs sound very similar to me um they probably don't you you should probably listen to well no i don't, don't you don't have to listen to again <laughs> but i i mean i guess i only know the one mickey avalon song so maybe maybe the they do. the dick song right yeah the my dick yeah, yeah. which yeah. i'm pretty sure simon rex is on that song as Dirt okay. Nasty, I think. Nice. Um, um, and he yeah. was also like an adult f- entertainer, right? Like yeah. he, yeah, he did uh, adult films, I think. Yeah. Uh, the thing I the thing I think is funny about Red Rocket I, again, I haven't seen it, is mm-hmm. that I know what it's about. Um, yeah, and. Uh, licorice pizza uh, which is a movie that's going to rank really highly on both of our lists is a Mm -hmm. movie that's kind of generated some controversy um yeah for a couple of different things um Mm -hmm. one of which being the age gap yeah conversation age gap romance um and you know you could say a few things you could say i mean yeah it's i i guess a valid concern um, I my personal read on Licorice Pizza is that it is basically a fantasy movie that like it's um, yeah Gary Valentine it I think what happens at the end of Licorice Pizza happens in Gary Valentine's head that's my read on it but I mean mm-hmm. you know everyone can have their own read on it yeah. uh, but we'll, we'll talk about it yeah I I think we're gonna talk about that movie for a long time I have a feeling mm-hmm. but <laughs> what what's funny is that. Red Rocket has way more, way more uh, of an age incendiary gap. <laughs> age gap uh, content. Uh, yeah, and basically, Licorice Pizza, I guess, because it maybe is doing slightly better critically or whatever, and got a bigger yeah. release, has basically like taken all the bullets for Red Rocket. Which <laughs> you know, if Red Rocket were maybe a little more talked about, would have generated a lot more controversy i don't know i just it's just kind of funny because nobody's really talking about red rocket which has some stuff that's (laughs) way worse yeah uh which is a movie that's just about a total scumbag that it like exploits every personal relationship that he has Mm -hmm. um including like with like a 17 year old right yes with a 17 year old um You you can, yeah. Your mind can fill in the the blanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think that that movie is 
necessarily sentimental or uh, pro that character's choices. Um, no, but but yeah, it's definitely a dirtier movie, uh, a dirtier viewing experience than Licorice Pizza. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but that movie I thought was good. Um, didn't love it. I also didn't love the Florida Project, which is the other Sean Baker movie that I have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I like those movies. Um, yeah, some people really love. Florida Project and Tangerine. I haven't seen either. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not super. I'm not familiar at all with the works of Sean Baker. Yeah. Uh, maybe eventually I'll get around to him. I, I did yeah. kind of want to see the Florida Project just because I like Willem Dafoe. Yeah. I I think you should see this one first. Okay. Red Rocket. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I probably will not get around to it in theaters just because i think it's probably almost gone but uh probably. yeah maybe when it comes to a streaming platform i'll check it out yeah yeah um so yeah should we get into our top tens yeah let's do it do you want to yeah. um do you want to stagger it like my 10 your I, 10 exactly i think we should do that okay um so my number 10 uh you know what i'm sorry i do have to do one more honorable mention um before i go to my top 10 um there is something that i had on my list but it's technically a um a mini series so i've got to bump it off the list um and that is the the danish mini series um the investigation the tobias lindholm um true crime mini series um that is on letterboxd technically so i had it in my top 10 but i've got to bump that off but i do want to mention that because i thought it was a very good series and had it been a movie it would have been in my top five probably so i just have to mention that nice which you you didn't watch that right or uh no no i didn't yeah i've heard of it um but i haven't seen it yeah it's you know i mean it's basically a really long movie (laughs) yeah um but yeah if it were a movie it would be on the list so i just want to mention that um but my number 10 is pig nicholas cage okay yeah um yeah i like pig yeah um uh is should i ask you if that's on your list or uh to be determined uh okay yeah it it is it is it's coming up so i I didn't know if it was close to mine if we could just talk about it together at this point oh we can we can um and then just i'll mention when it's on mine but um yeah i really like pig yeah that was a um yeah i think people have noted that it's different than they were expecting because you and i I think have talked about this that i think people were thinking it was going to be more of a uh kind of a more straightforward revenge Mm -hmm. movie like kind of like john wick but with a pig um and it's not that at all like it's way more 
quiet and you know more of a mournful movie about you know grief and things like that and i think nicholas cage is excellent in this movie uh yeah i agree with you it's a really nice quiet nicholas cage performance um which is, i'm not saying is rare but it's becoming a little rarer um yeah. you know he he has that movie that we talked a little bit about last week's episode where it's like he's playing himself and he's playing an epic version of himself. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's one of the uh, he, he tends to do these every year or two where he'll he'll do a movie that kind of reminds you, oh, yeah, Nicolas Cage actually is a pretty good actor. Um, and he's yeah. not just like the guy who flips out and goes crazy. And like, that's what yeah. you know him for. Um, and it's a really nice, um, quiet, introspective performance by him. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a nice, nice little movie. Yeah. And, uh, it's got one of my favorite scenes of the year, which we talked about, I think in the last episode we recorded the, uh, the, um, can I speak to the chef scene, which is like right i think right in the middle of the movie and um uh what was that actor's name i don't know if you remember off the top of your head but i don't remember that guy's name unfortunately <laughs> i thought it was the guy from righteous gemstones but yeah it's not that yeah guy. it's definitely not that guy but that that is a very good scene mm-hmm. um yeah and like you said yeah it definitely reminds you that nick cage is a treasure a national treasure yeah quite literally a national treasure <laughs> yeah i mean he does a lot of shit but um he does he be great yeah. he does uh there were a couple of movies from this year that i i didn't see but they uh didn't hear great things like prisoners of ghostlands or whatever that movie yeah. is and then uh willie's, willie's wonderland. wonderland yeah yeah yeah, those those both kind of seem like they were trying a little too hard to be like cult films. I mean, I haven't seen them, so I don't know, but that's right. kind of the the vibe I got. Yeah, a little too much uh, epic bacon internet win sure. stuff. Yeah, um, but this is yeah, pigs a nice quiet. It is. Film. It is. Yeah. It wasn't really what I expected going into it, and it ends up being something a lot closer in like tone to like Babette's Feast or um, mm-hmm. I don't know I can't really think of anything else but like something like that as opposed to this like oh Nicolas Cage is gonna go crazy and he's gonna go John Wick on on people who took his pig and it's it's not yeah. that not that at all yeah which yeah it doesn't happen mm-hmm. um, yeah I think it's uh I found it a very pleasant surprise to see him turn in the performance that he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I, I like uh, I like Alex Wolf too, who's also in that movie. That movie, that movie doesn't have like anybody else in it though. Like everyone else, for the most part, in that movie is like a pretty much unknown, um, which is not like a problem. I didn't have a problem with any of the specific performances in that movie, but um, yeah. 
Like, uh, I think Adam, Adam Arkin's like the next biggest name. Yeah, right? exactly. Right. And that's Alan Arkin's son. Um, yeah. That's what he's famous for being. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's a guy. Like, you see him around. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, he's he's Alex Wolf's like, mafia-like dad um, who, controls, yeah. who controls the... Uh, <laughs> the fine dining of portland oregon uh it's i mean the plot yeah. is a little funny when you kind of break it down that it's like mafia yeah. controlled uh it it is kind of like john wick though in one way in that it kind of has that world building uh element where the like you said like the the fine dining industry in portland is uh kind of like yeah. sort of like the the hitman world in john wick yeah yeah right it, it 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 does it does kind of craft a world and ask you to just kind of go with it um which is fine i but yeah yeah it's it's a little silly but it's a nice like every nice everybody movie. knows the the chef that nick cage is playing in this movie uh-huh yeah he is like you're he's like I, I i don't even know if i could come up with a proxy just because he's like <laughs> gordon ramsay but if gordon ramsay was only known by other chefs basically yeah i don't know i'm, <laughs> I'm sure there are chefs that are like that that like real chefs know but mm-hmm. um I mean, I, I'm just not, I'm not a, uh, as uh, well-versed in the culinary scene. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little goofy, but, um, I mean, it, it's got some, <laughs> some, you know, universal emotions and, uh, yeah. tenderness there. Uh, that's really yeah. nice. And it's got that, it's got that, uh, Springsteen cover at the end, which is a nice little emotional moment for nick cage mm-hmm. yeah 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 i think if you can roll with it 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 will be a a very rewarding watch mm-hmm. yeah um yeah and i know i keep talking about that that scene where he was like can i speak to the chef but that i think is one of the you know one of the best scenes in a movie i saw this year mm-hmm. yeah yeah really good yeah where he uh makes fun well makes fun of the like foam dish that they serve him yeah and then like tells yeah. the guy like you wanted to open up an english pub man what the fuck uh, happened yeah like uh, that scene could have been a short film and it yeah. would have been a great short yeah. film. well and that's another scene that it's like even though they're talking about like specific a specific character and his specific desire to open up an english pub or whatever like mm-hmm. the emotions are universal and it's all about like regret and sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, rethinking your life. And I don't know it. it yeah. It's, yeah. it's really nice. And like Nick, Nichols Cage plays it perfectly. Yeah. Like it hits on the main themes of the movie, like perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, my number yeah. 10 was uh, Mia Hansen loves uh, Bergman Island. Um, mm-hmm. which is a movie I watched in the last week, roughly. Um, Mia Hansen Love is a French filmmaker. Uh, she hadn't really made any 
movies in English. She'd worked with Greta Gerwig, who was actually supposed to be in this movie, and had to drop mm-hmm. out due to scheduling conflicts. I think Greta Gerwig was supposed to play uh, the Vicky Creeps role. Um, but yeah, this stars yeah. Vicky Creeps, Tim Roth. Um, I think Tim Roth, weirdly enough, was supposed to be Owen Wilson, which would have been kind of <laughs> weird, especially given Owen Wilson's like recent career, which is kind of strange. Um, I mean, I guess it would have been cool to see him in like a real movie again. Yeah, but um, I it's so hard it would have picture it. Yeah, so it would have been Owen Wilson and Greta Gerwig. I think so. There might have even been a different actor before Owen Wilson, and then Owen Wilson signed on. But I think he mm-hmm. would have been there when Greta Gerwig was still involved, uh, and then she had to drop out. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know what that would have looked like. But uh, yeah, this is uh, it's a nice little movie. It's it's kind of like two movies in one. The first half is right. Um, much more of Vicky Creeps and Tim Roth, who are like a, a filmmaking couple that uh, mm-hmm. go to Faro, which is this island in Sweden where uh, Ingmar Bergman uh, lived and wrote and even shot some of his movies. Um, yeah. So Se- it, scenes from a marriage, right? It was the yeah, it was that the house, was that house, yeah. and then the second half of the movie is is kind of like a meta commentary on scenes from a marriage um and it's told uh it's basically told through vicky creeps uh, telling her story that she's writing Mm -hmm. while she's on the island and Mm -hmm. the main character of that part is uh mia waskowska um Mm -hmm. who's really good in the movie i think she's actually like the best performance in that movie um and and it's it's a little bit of a meta commentary on like scenes from a marriage so yeah i mean if you're a big bergman fan um or just like cinema it's a fun movie to watch not fun but uh, (laughs) i don't know it's not like unfun but it's also yeah it's a little sad at times too um right but yeah i i really liked it um yeah, I mean, I, if it's like having a conversation with uh, scenes from a marriage, I can imagine it's not like super upbeat. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. The, the second half, which is very indebted to like scenes from a marriage, is definitely kind of a bummer at times. Um, but it's it's also just like a nice little piece of work about like art, you know, artistic. not in terms artistic integrity but like creating and writing and Mm -hmm. making something and struggling with the process of you know self-doubt and um you know just having confidence in your ability um Mm -hmm. right um vicky creeps is really good i really like vicky creeps most of the time um and in fact, I like her all the time. I just didn't like old, which is the movie I think we'll probably talk about on a different list. Uh, yeah, on this episode. But um, yeah, yeah, I've seen her. I've only seen her in like three movies, Fan- and I like her in yeah. all three, even though I don't like old. Um, yeah, yeah, I think she's pretty great. Um, even though I only really know her from Phantom Thread, mm-hmm. but I think that's a a perfect movie. But 
Um, yeah, I have not seen Bergman Island or any of um, Mia Hansen Love's movies. Uh, I want to, but yeah, I haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, this this all. was my first of her movies, and um, yeah, I really liked it. It's um, it's it, it's again, it's 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 a it's a small kind of quiet movie, um, but um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of emotional truth in there, and uh, I really liked it. Nice. Um, and so my number nine is uh, Titan or Titan, if you want to call it that. Titan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah, which you have not seen, right? I have not. No. Yeah. Uh, that um, was another. It was another movie I saw the trailer for in like a theater, and it was for something that was way more mainstream than that, and that was uh-huh. a, a very another very confused audience, kind of like the Lamb trailer. Uh, when I saw that before Venom, Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> uh, it's just kind of funny seeing those trailers, like, in, like, yeah. a, you know, <laughs> normal blockbustery crowd. Yeah, like a Marvel thing. Yeah, I didn't see any Marvel movies this year, but it was something kind of <laughs> like that. Yeah, they're like, so this is about her in a car <laughs> you uh, the trailer for titan even though i know it's about that uh like, uh-huh. it doesn't even really indicate anything it just is yeah like it doesn't a touch on that images yeah. basically um i mean i do want to see it but yeah the trailer doesn't doesn't really let you in on kind of what it's actually about yeah i and honestly like having seen the movie i don't think a two or three minute trailer could really convey what the movie is or you know where it goes um it's uh yeah it's a movie that i would say watch without you know knowing as little as possible because it the plot turns are very uh, very interesting um I don't want to say too much because I don't want to go into spoiler territory, but uh, but I think everybody at this point knows that it's about a woman who has sex with a car, right? That's fair to say? Uh, yeah, I even called it the French car fucking movie earlier yeah. this episode, <laughs> so I guess if that yeah. wasn't something you knew, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and that, that even like happens pretty early in the film uh yeah i don't goes that's not i mean i i I haven't seen it but i know that that's not like spoiler like that's that's not something that they're they're really shying away from even though it's not in the trailer that's that's not even like the point of the movie no yeah it goes in all kinds of unexpected directions um and kind of genre hops pretty seamlessly i think um yeah like it's a little bit of cronenberg style like body horror mixed with uh even kind of some domestic drama um it's a yeah it's a it's a really uh engaging watch and it's pretty pretty short i think like it's an hour and 45 minutes yeah i saw it was Um, under two hours 
yeah um but it's got enough like plot for like three or four movies um yeah and there is an actor in this movie that i will definitely mention when we get to our uh award section for supporting actor okay uh have you seen uh the director of that movie julia de corno de corno's uh first movie or last movie raw did you ever see that no um I remember wanting to see it when it was out, but no, I didn't see that one. I never saw it either. But that was that was a movie that a lot of people talked about when it came out. Also, kind of a coming of age cannibal movie. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Titan is definitely a movie I'm I'm going to be checking out uh, soon. Um, because even though we're done with this episode, there are a couple more boxes that I want to tick from 2021 before i kind of feel comfortable just because uh, like especially the last couple of weeks the only stuff i've watched has been either stuff for the podcast or 2021 stuff uh for this episode basically uh so i want to you know tick off a couple more of those and then and then i'll, then I'll feel comfortable uh delving back into whatever i want uh to watch territory yeah, and you also had to watch a lot of Beverly Hills Cop movies. <laughs> like I said, stuff for this podcast. <laughs> uh, I did watch a couple Christmas movies in there also, but that was just uh, family time. Stuff. Yeah. My number nine is a movie that I um, really didn't know what to make of its entire existence. Um, it, I, it's a It's a sequel... Uh, to a trilogy um, that I would say ended poorly. Um, maybe not thematically, but the actual movie is not good. Uh, the third Matrix movie. Um, so I had no real expectations for what a new Matrix movie would look like. Uh, and uh, I found myself pretty pleasantly surprised by it. It was, um, you know, it, it's a very interesting take on what a Matrix movie would be. It's not a great action movie. Like, if you think of the original Matrix, which is one of the best action movies of all time, in addition to just being a great piece of sci-fi, this is not that. It's not that much, not that impressive of an action movie. Um, but what it lacks in action, I think it makes up for in, like, a really interesting like take on meta commentary on sequels on creativity on um yeah just a, a a very interesting take on the matrix uh series because the matrix movies the first three exist in this movie in the form of like a video game that thomas anderson who has been brought back to life by the Matrix, um, made. And so, yeah. I, I, what movie are you talking about again? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And it's a movie that, even though I don't think it's perfect, I think it's a little lumpy, especially in the middle. Um, it's a movie that I find myself thinking about a lot, um, which is... I don't know. That's like 
all I really could ever want out of a movie is a movie that makes me think about it. Um, yeah. After I've seen it. And uh, it's a movie that I constantly think about. Not constantly, but I'm like, I think about it a lot. And I think about, like, why is Morpheus a different guy? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, don't get yeah. me wrong. I like, uh, I like the actor uh, that plays him. Uh, what is his name? Yaya Abdul-Mateen. Yeah, he's yeah, good. From I like Candyman. Him. From Candyman. Um, yeah. I, I do kind of wish that uh, Lawrence Fishburne was back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that Hugo Weaving was supposed to be back to play uh-huh. Agent Smith, um, but it was like scheduling conflict, which like, if you're Hugo Weaving, <laughs> what are you <laughs> what are you scheduling that you can't blow off to play your most <laughs> famous role? Right. Um, but I, I think it I, probably contracts or something were involved. I think it was some like theater production and maybe he didn't feel comfortable filming a movie during the pandemic, which is valid. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I just, uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's, like I said, it's a little goofy. It's a little mm-hmm. sentimental, um, which is kind of. Uh, a touchstone, I guess you could say, of the newer Wachowskis' works. Um, yeah. Not all of which I've seen, um, but they're very, you know, hard on their sleeve. Um, and I, 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 I don't love all the Wachowskis' movies, Lana and Lily, um, but I, I respect them because they are true blue auteurs. They are making yeah. shit that they want to make regardless of what yeah they think people want to see or expect from them uh and i think that that's very admirable and interesting and i like that they well i guess just lana um lily didn't actually like want to be involved in a matrix movie but i like that lot the direction that lana chose to take this one and um make a movie that that really can be viewed, I think viewed on its own, honestly, like you can kind of like separate it entirely. And if, if you don't like the direction of this new matrix movie, like nothing about the previous three has really changed with the inclusion of the new one. Like you can, you can in your head canon or whatever, stop matrix at, um, revolutions, which bad movie, (laughs) that's your call. But, um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it's a movie I'm gonna be thinking about. Like I said, for a long time because, like I said, it's a little weird. It's a little lumpy. It's not great at times. Like, especially in the the middle. I would say like thirty, forty five minutes. Right in the middle is kind of like you know you're losing me a little bit because I think the first like hour where it's super and- meta. Um, you mean when neo like leaves the the matrix right yeah when it it... goes back to the like real world it 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 loses me a little bit but um but then i think once i won't say what happens but like at the end of the movie once they kind of bring everything full circle i think it, it it's a lot of fun and i remember when i was watching it um i remember watching that last scene i won't say what it is if you've seen it you know but I remember watching that and just being like, all right, I'm ready for more of this. And then the movie's over. I didn't look at the runtime. I wasn't sure where we were at with the movie. And I was just like, all right, now, we're, now I'm like 
fully on board with the Matrix again, and, and then <laughs> and then the credits roll. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> now I gotta hope that Lana Wachowski wants to make another two of these or whatever uh, in the next yeah. decade. Yeah, the, this was a movie that I, I did see, but I unfortunately had to watch it um, kind of broken up, like just from for scheduling reasons. Like I had to like, I think I watched it over four separate sittings um, just, you know, because I had things to do. But um, but there there's a lot to digest in this movie. There's a lot going on. Mm hmm. Definitely. Textually and subtextually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's it's definitely the work of someone who made like Cloud Atlas and Sense8, their show that they did on Netflix. Um, mm -hmm. And it is not necessarily I mean, it is, but it isn't. They aren't the same filmmakers that they were when they made The Matrix in 99. And you can really kind of feel the shift in the, in kind of like what kind yeah. of movie she wants to make, Lana Wachowski. Yeah. And I think she even tells you that with this movie that the, the, she doesn't want to make those kinds of movies anymore. Mm -hmm. or... Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a commentary on like what people should and expect from a Matrix movie versus yeah. what she wants to give them. Yeah, but it, it's a it's a fascinating movie. I think even if you don't really like it, which I can understand, I, mm -hmm. I again, it, it's very commendable to me that she just makes the kind of shit she wants to make and tells interesting stories that may not be for everybody, and well, definitely are not for everybody, but they're for somebody. Yeah. yeah. Um. The, yeah, it didn't make my top 10. I should have mentioned it in the honorable mentions, but um, yeah, it's definitely a movie that I want to actually sit down and watch from beginning to end with no interruptions. Yeah, I think you uh, should. I think, I mean, obviously, yeah. basically no movie is ideal. Ideal viewing no. experience is yeah. that way. But I mean, obviously life life happens and that's just the way yeah. way it goes sometimes. Um yeah. Like like uh sometimes you got to stop a movie and yeah. Well, Justice League I didn't want to watch at all. That was my buddy uh <laughs> you know, he wanted to watch it and we would meet up over uh you know, we would call each other and be like, "All right, well, let's watch 20 minutes now." And we would uh but yeah, I I didn't really want to watch Justice League, but I watched that over the course of like two months. <laughs> uh, That's a weird way to watch any movie. Yeah, um, but Matrix Four I did want to see, um, but you know I just had things to do and couldn't watch it straight through. Um, but even so, I did I did enjoy it. Um, uh, but yeah, you're right. The how did you feel about some of the action sequences? Yeah, the action's not great. It's yeah. not uh, as a as a sci-fi action movie. It it's not a super successful movie. Yeah. Um, the most interesting <laughs> stuff that I liked and took away from it is mm -hmm. definitely the 
the meta commentary on yeah on the previous movies like the the first hour the first right? hour yeah yeah and then i think like once you know once i don't know i'm trying to think of a way to say this without spoiling it by the end of the movie though like i said i was fully invested and on board with the direction um but the actual like set pieces were not super impressive but you could also just tell that that was just not what was on lana wachowski's mind yeah like she didn't want that to wasn't make that. the priority mm-hmm. yeah because they they show scenes from the first matrix pretty frequently throughout this movie like they show little clips um and the action scenes in matrix from you know the original like you can't compare those to anything really no like, the original matrix might be in the top two or three greatest action movies ever made it, i mean it might even be number one if i were really to stop and think about it yeah i mean like those had action scenes that were choreographed by like a hong kong you know expert mm-hmm. um and these i think feel more like the action scenes in this movie are more similar to like, you know, what you would see in a Marvel movie, not to talk too much shit on them, but yeah, a little more generic. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I, they're, they're a little more faceless. Definitely. They don't have as much personality as the fights in the first matrix or even, right. Even matrix reloaded, um, which I think has really good action stuff too. Um, The, the highway, I mean, the highway scene is, I would say, basically as good as anything in the first Matrix, even if the rest yeah. of the movie I don't think is as good. But um, Yeah, pretty solid scene. Yeah. yeah. But it's also, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I guess I do wish that this movie had better action or more matrixy action um but i i just appreciate so much of what it is that it's hard for Mm -hmm. me to fault it for what it isn't so yeah like you said that's not the priority Mm -hmm. like yeah it's just i i don't think i don't think we'll ever see that again because i don't think that's what lana wachowski wants to make um no she talked about like that she started writing this movie when after both of her parents and like one of her closest friends had died Mm -hmm. and she found that this was like a comforting um group of characters to work with again and yeah and so the movie kind of reflects her place you know her her emotions and like her you know spiritual mental state of mind um Mm -hmm. much more than like say an action movie would so that's not the movie she wanted to make because the yeah the first section like the first hour i think like you said is basically like an essay on Mm -hmm. kind of the the toxic fandom Mm -hmm. that resulted from the first three matrix movies Mm. yeah the the Um, first hour of this movie is really good um yeah i love all that stuff and i'm not like like i've said i'm not like a huge um wachowski guy um in terms of like their recent stuff i actually haven't even seen most of it 
So maybe I am. Maybe if I like this, maybe maybe I actually would love <laughs> Cloud Atlas or like Jupiter Ascending. Um, yeah, I I never saw Cloud Atlas or um, and I haven't watched since eight. I did see Jupiter Ascending, but I did not care for it. Mm-hmm. I I've read more people speak highly of Cloud Atlas than Jupiter Ascending. Mm-hmm. So that would be maybe the one I would be more drawn to trying but yeah jupiter ascending i don't know about that one um i didn't see it either i remember strongly disliking speed racer i also disliked speed racer but at the same (laughs) time i don't know they made a they made the movie they wanted to make and yeah fuck fuck me it's who cares what i think there's not a lot of movies that look and feel like speed racer right which is a very accurate depiction of the original cartoon and uh we may not be among them but a lot of people fucking love that movie like still so yeah it's for someone may not be for me but you know lana and lily wachowski they stuck to their vision and they made something that i'm sure they're proud of so but yeah like for a big budget like Warner Brothers franchise movie like you can it's a movie that you can actually you know read a lot into yeah there's a lot to chew on in this one yeah um yeah which is uh refreshing to me to see a blockbuster movie that actually has something to digest and something to think about after the fact other than just yeah. like you know taking your taking your uh your your two hours of Marvel slop and liking it, you know? Yeah. Man, we really come off of like anti-Marvel snobs on this one. Because <laughs> I don't think either of us saw any of those movies this year. Because there were three of them, right? Uh, was, Marvel movies? Um, uh, Eternals, Shang-Chi. Oh, there were four. Black Widow also. Black mm-hmm. Widow, uh, Eternals, Shang-Chi, and um, Spider-Man. Yeah, I didn't see any of those. No, me neither. Yeah. Um, maybe I will, but... I mean, I would say of those four, I've heard good things about Shang-Chi and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So maybe those would be the two, but I I, I don't know. I don't know when I'll get around to it. Um, yeah. Uh, Spider-Man's probably the one I would prefer to see most, I think. Yeah, I guess. I'm curious just to see how the integration of, like, all the old villains and stuff is, like Willem Dafoe and uh, Alfred Molina. But, all right. What's your number eight? Uh, My number eight is a movie called uh, About Endlessness, um, which I don't think you've seen, right? I have have you? Yeah, that's a movie that's on Hulu. Yeah. directed by Roy Anderson um one of uh, three Andersons on my top 10 list wow this year uh-huh <laughs> um but year this for guy Andersons. yeah <laughs> it's spelled a little differently than the other two but ah, okay um uh you remember that movie um songs from the second floor which was uh, featured in a 
Siskel and Ebert, or I'm sorry, an Ebert and Roper review, mm-hmm. like in 2000. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's that guy. Like he, he's made, uh, I think four movies, um, since then in that style. And they're all like, uh, very dry, very minimal, um, uh, dramedies, I guess, um, with very long takes that are all, you know, they all have very, um, uh, very static camera movements. Um, uh, and they're all about like kind of the human condition. They're, uh, they're almost kind of like sketch movies sort of, but like art house sketch movies. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, Really effective, good movies. Um, I'm trying to think what the last one was. It was called... uh, A Pigeon Sat on a Branch? Yes, A Pigeon Sat on a Branch Reflecting on Existence. And yeah, they're all like that. They're all about just kind of like... uh, Yeah, basically just about the human condition. Um, but I would, I would look them out or I would, you know, I would seek them out. They're, they're kind of like Wes Anderson movies in that they're like immaculately composed, but yeah, very funny movies, very dry. Um, and also kind of sad. Yeah. I, not for everybody, but I would, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. About endlessness, Swedish movie. I saw a review that called him a Swedish maverick, which is funny to me. Uh, a swedish maverick yeah that's true yeah um yeah that that sounds interesting i've never i have i remember songs from the second floor but i i never saw it um yeah Yeah, i've got the dvd if what's that if you ever i I just said i i have the dvd if you ever want to borrow it okay um Yeah. yeah i i i do like a lot of uh swedish filmmakers so uh, I think that's my inner Swede coming out. Uh, so maybe I'll check it out. Uh, my number eight is The Last Duel. Ridley Scott's The Last Duel, which was uh, a really good movie, and a movie that I like more. I think about it um, to the point where I even thought about moving it up, but I just stuck with my, my list that I formulated. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of... Uh, you haven't seen it, uh, but for you and any of our listeners who haven't seen it, it's kind of a told Rashomon style where it's told from multiple perspectives. Um, the first first perspective is told from Matt Damon's um, perspective. <laughs> it's a perspective too many times there. Um so it's told from Matt Damon's perspective, which of course makes him look like super chivalrous and awesome and a great knight that everybody loves. Uh, and then the second perspective is told from uh, Adam Driver's perspective. I gotta stop doing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Saying perspective? Yeah, uh, the second part uh, is told P- from Adam P- Driver's POV, you POV, could say. Sure. Um, second part is told from Adam Driver's perspective, um, which of course then, you know, makes him look better. And then the third 
part is told from Jodie Comer's perspective. Um, and, and the movie actually, like, it makes no bones about it. It even tells you the third part is the truth. Um, yeah. And uh, if you don't know what this movie is about, uh, it is about uh, a woman, Jodie Comer, um, who has been married to a way to a, a knight who is Matt Damon, um, who is then sexually assaulted by another knight um, played by Adam Driver. And then they duel uh, in order to prove that, you know, justice was served or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, you get three different perspectives on the same story. So, you know, a fun little storytelling mechanic that obviously I think popularized by Rashomon, uh, but Kurosawa. Um, but, you know, it's been used in other movies, too. Um, like Vantage Point. Like Vantage Point, like Basic. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. movies. Those two movies we watched back-to-back one night uh, together. Yeah. Um, For some reason. Like last year. <laughs> yeah. This was not even a long time ago. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I really liked seeing the way all three actors got to do different takes on the same character. Um, in particular, I really liked um, Jodie Comer in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what kind of awards attention she's going to get in terms of like uh, which award. Um, in my opinion, she's a lead, and it's a lead performance. Um, and she's really great in the movie. I think she really makes the movie... Um, mm-hmm. And then I also love Ben Affleck in this movie, who plays like a pervert lord and is mm-hmm. probably my favorite Ben Affleck performance ever. Um, he's having a ball with it. Um, yeah. He drifts in and out of this like English accent, uh, mm-hmm. which that's another funny thing. Ridley Scott has made like multiple movies about French guys and just does not give a fuck about having them do French yeah. accents. Like they're just all like uh-huh. vaguely English sounding. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, it's a, it's a really, really solid movie. It's one of my favorite release Scott movies. Um, really solid performances, uh, career best from Ben Affleck. And in my opinion, potentially star making performance for Jodie Comer, who I had never seen in anything she was also in Free Guy this year, the Ryan Reynolds movie, which I didn't see. Um, and I think kind of her biggest claim to fame was Killing Eve, the BBC America, maybe just BBC show. Mm-hmm. Um, that a lot of people really like that show. I I just haven't seen it. Um, she's on that show. It- is that with Sandra O? Oh, yeah, or Sandra O is, oh is the, like um, the okay, yeah, the the co-star of that. So uh, yeah. Jodie Comer, I think, is like the main character. I want to say I don't know. I haven't seen it, but um, gotcha. they're on it together, and that's where I think people knew her from mostly. Um, I had never really seen her in anything, but I thought she was really terrific in this movie. Yeah, uh, I yeah, I have not seen it, but I did not know until recently that it was like a Rashomon style movie that it was basically like three uh, like three stories right mm-hmm. or three 
three versions of one story three versions of one story yeah um yeah yeah i mean and knowing you pretty well obviously at this point mm-hmm. i think you'll really like it i think um yeah i think there's a lot a lot of good stuff there that you'll like and each uh section was written by a different person right like that's uh, right yeah um, affleck and damon wrote the the male perspectives correct mm-hmm. and nicole hall of center uh wrote uh the jody comer perspective mm-hmm. um and yeah. that that i mean like the the other two are are interesting just because you get mm-hmm. to see kind of like the other like this kind of like more pig-headed um variations on the same story but uh the third one is like that's that's where the movie yeah. you know kind of like makes its point i'm gonna make a point to watch it next week hopefully I know I keep saying that. We're gonna hold you to that. We got an episode to record next week, so I guess you heard it here, folks. I have downloaded the app. I got it in my uh, queue. I've got it all ready to go. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, good to know. Uh, What's your number seven? (laughs) My number seven is uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. The story of fred hampton uh which we talked about a little earlier but uh yeah this was a movie that i i liked a lot and i just think the performances are excellent mm-hmm. in this movie um i don't really know what to say that we haven't already said but um yeah really solid uh, character study yeah for sure um and martin sheen's in it for a minute I, I will say that Martin Sheen is my <laughs> least favorite stuff in that movie because he looks like a nightmare in that like <laughs> makeup, that CGI assisted makeup yeah. or whatever. I don't know what's yeah. going on with Martin Sheen in that. His his look is something else. Um, <laughs> but aside from that, um, yeah, it, very uh, very good movie. I thought very. Um, upsetting and you know suspenseful Uh, like you this is a movie that i watched earlier on this year and i haven't really seen it since maybe like february or january but yeah but it uh, it stuck with me and it has remained in the my my top 10 um yeah i wouldn't mind rewatching it Mm -hmm. at some point soon yeah good movie yeah uh my number seven was also a movie we've already kind of talked about uh quite a bit um pig Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, i really liked pig uh nothing else i can really say about it we already kind of went over it but yeah really good Mm -hmm. movie yeah um and that's a, a first time filmmaker right yeah i um looked him up uh afterwards expecting to have at least heard of something else he had done mm-hmm. and uh saw that yeah he had never never really made a feature before which is i feel like kind of not unheard of anymore but like mm-hmm. very rare these days to make a somewhat widely released movie starring 
an actor of Nicolas Cage's stature, I guess you could say. Um, Mm -hmm. And off the strength of short films, I guess. A good pitch, a good script. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That that definitely feels like more of a rarity. I, I think... There was a time when studios were maybe a little more willing to take a chance on a on a up and coming potential director. That now they're much more, you know, hey, you got to prove it to me first, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty strong first film. I yeah, think. yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, like, look at like, look at like the Safdie brothers. Their first movie was made with all unknown actors, and then. Then they got to make good time based mm-hmm. on the strength of that movie. And then, yeah. And yeah. then eventually graduated to like Uncut Gems, which was a much bigger budget. So, yeah, it, it does seem kind of rare to to make a movie like this having not ever made a feature before. Yeah. Did you see Pig in theaters? You did, right? I did, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I saw Pig, which is a movie all about... Uh, culinary excellence and then i went home and i ate a lean cuisine for dinner which i thought was funny um yeah uh i think i mentioned this on the last episode but i uh watched pig on my phone uh not something i'm proud of but i did uh, at least you didn't like watch tenet or something on your phone and christopher nolan would get like pissed at you yeah or uh dune 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 would be a movie to not watch on your phone definitely yeah um i'm sure we'll talk about this when we get to dune but i'm very happy i saw dune in the biggest screen possible the way we saw dune was the way everyone should have gotten to see dune Um, yeah definitely yeah um but getting back to pig um did your uh crowd seem in into the movie or uh i only i mean there were only about maybe four other people in the theater oh okay. it was very uncrowded i i mean like i said that's usually i try and go to movies that are pretty mm-hmm. uncrowded um yeah and that movie is so quiet honestly that mm-hmm. it's like i couldn't really tell uh there was yeah. no real energy coming off the crowd um mm-hmm. I mean, no one seemed pissed when they walked out of the theater, at least from what I could tell. Yeah. So um, I'm sure there was at least one one person there that was like mm-hmm. expecting or hoping it to be more like John Wicky and no, Nichols Cage yeah. never gets mad or yells at anybody. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, yeah. That just seems like one of those movies where the marketing is like kind of misleading, where there's people that would walk out of the movie and be like pissed off yeah i mean it's funny because like like, like a24 style yeah exactly like it comes at night that's the one i always think of like that movie was marketed more like a traditional horror movie and then that movie has like one of the lowest like audience scores i think i've ever (laughs) seen (laughs) Um, like you probably got an f right on yeah people people fucking hated that movie yeah yeah saw it uh, I like that movie. I think that movie's good. Um, but I also yeah, knew what I, I was getting into. Yeah, and I, think, I, I think I've... Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I think I've told you this story, but when I saw It Comes at Night, I I saw it with a crowd that was clearly expecting, like, The Walking Dead or something like that. 
And then when it ended, this one guy stood up and was like, well, it looks like we got gypped, folks. <laughs> and everybody like thought that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny, dude. Very cool. I love yeah. I mean, I actually hate when people say something like when i saw at the end of annihilation a guy just turned to me and said what the fuck was that uh like he was like the only other guy in the theater and i just looked down and was like i don't know <laughs> i like that movie <laughs> i thought it was good um yeah i don't know what to say to you especially as a person who liked that movie um yeah. I mean, that's kind of which is funny because I don't think Annihilation is like as challenging as uh, no uh, you know no any of those I mean other I movies. think I think maybe since it gives an actual like alien form at the end of mm-hmm. Annihilation maybe that's a little weird to a movie mm-hmm. that is more mysterious before it I don't know yeah. but uh, I, I don't know but that the guy I saw Annihilation with. Uh, did not like it and did not understand yeah um i mean that's kind of how i felt about the green knight too which is a movie that's still coming up on my list but Mm -hmm. i i I don't know what its audience score was but i could definitely my first thought after watching it was like wow people are gonna hate that like because i think a lot of people might have thought oh this is gonna be kind of game of thronesy or whatever um expecting it to be like something more lord of the rings more game of thrones a little more classic fantasy fair um instead it's like much more of like a think piece wrapped around wrapped into a fantasy story told you know pretty artfully i'll i'll just chime in with this but uh the green knight got a c plus for its cinema score okay well i mean that's not as low as it comes at night but uh you can probably point to the fact that this came out like at a time when people were a lot more tenuous about going to the movies so the only people that really went to the movies to see this were people that may have known or had more of an expectation for it um so that's why there's less of uh of an extreme audience reaction but I mean, still C plus, not great considering critics really liked it. Yeah, I think movies like uh, I think like Hereditary got like a D, and I just remember famously uh, Solaris with uh, George Clooney uh, that got an F. Yeah, almost <laughs> anything slow and like meditative gets a bad yeah. audience score, which is so funny. But I mean, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what people... I don't I can't imagine walking out of Hereditary and giving it a bad... I I mean, I, I guess I'm just a, a mark for Hereditary because I love that movie. But, like, mm-hmm. I walked out... Like, after I saw that movie for the first time, I was, like, fucking pumped. I wanted to go see it again. So, I don't understand it, but that's fine. Everyone has their opinions. Uh, Number six? Number six time? let's let's move on to number six my number six is 